Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watts podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of November 4th through the 6th, 2022. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. We have a bit of a light week this week. Our biggest new open is an anime movie, which I saw in theaters, as well as, and and most people are trying to avoid getting swept up in Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever's opening next weekend. So not a lot going on. Uh, Also, before we get into the numbers this week, a quick reminder for anyone based stateside that is listening to this today as this episode comes out, it's election day, so make sure you go out and vote. Uh, Anyway, without further ado, let's get into this week's numbers. In first place, Black Adam surpassed expectations, or more specifically, my expectations, uh, dropping a respectable 33% in its third weekend for an 18.2 million total in 3,984 theaters, a 417 theater drop uh, for a 4,585 per theater average, and a 137.1 million total to date domestically, global total of 321 million. Uh, given last week's 60% drop, it is better than what I expected. I suspect the performance is due to people wanting to rush in to see it before. It probably will lose theaters to Black Panther next weekend. Um, it's pacing a bit ahead of Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Saw by about 4 million, despite opening 7 million higher, and it's currently ahead of Suzanne by about 17 million, though it did cost twice as much. The big news, though, for Black Adam, though, is that despite lobbying from DC, it looks like it's not going to be getting its China release. Uh, rumors are that Pierce Brosnan wearing a Dalai Lama insignia during an interview is the reason, though, of course, we won't ever get an official one. Uh, with China out of the picture as well as Russia, it probably won't break 600 million and might even struggle to get to 500 million. Million. As is domestically, it might not even make as much as Black Widow did, uh, making $183 million in the middle of a pandemic, with most dealers shuttered and dealing with the day-and-date release model fiasco. So, yeah, not looking good for The Rock here. Heck, you know, as it is, the Black Adam is currently pacing behind Justice League, sitting at only 2.04x its opening weekend legs, versus 2.11 at the same point in time for Justice League after three weekends. Again, most of this, I think, and, and most of this speculation that it's not going to do well and not be able to leg out is because, again, Black Panther is coming out next weekend and will be taking up many screens. So I would say those factors combined probably means that this one is a flop for Warner and we probably won't see that Cavill v. Rock fight anytime soon. Still on the bright side for Warner, this has pus- pushed them past $900 million at the domestic box office for the year ahead of Disney and Sony at least for this week. In second place, we have the release of the latest One Piece movie, One Piece Red, which has been dominating the Japanese box office these past couple of months. It opened to a lower than expected, 9.3 million this weekend versus last week's predictions, though box office pros had revised their forecast going into the weekend to about 9.5 million. Uh, this was in 2,367 theaters for a 3,939 per theater average. Adding to its overseas totals, mostly Japan, it comes to a lifetime total of 160 million to date and is the highest grossing One Piece film domestically, though that wasn't a particularly hard barrier to cross since the last one opened to only 1.2 million over its entire run. Having seen the film myself, you know, it certainly has its moments. Part of the reason I think it did so well in Japan is that the soundtrack is super catchy. There's a bunch of pop-like hits over there that are apparently playing everywhere. So people, you know, even if you're not a big One Piece fan, would go to see uh, kind of like the music video as uh, equivalent for this film. Now, while it doesn't necessarily translate over here to the States, um, you know, uh, because you know, we're not having the same music pop playing everywhere, outside of the hardcore fans, and as opposed to, say, you know, Demon Slayer or Jujutsu Kaisen, where, you know, the movies are canon uh, and part of the mainline story, as opposed to this one, basically being semi-canon-ish, it's kind of unclear. Um, also having a re- and also One Piece as a whole having a reputation for going on since 96 and having over a thousand episodes of anime means it's probably going to have a bit of a heart, a bit of a smaller casual audience here in the States, um, even though it probably is bigger overall among more invested fans. Still with an A cinema score and a decent opening, even if it's not the number one for the week, I think I'm pretty happy with this 
one. Still, I expect a 70% drop next weekend since that's how anime films tend to do. Uh, notably, overseas, One Piece did beat out Black Adam for the top spot in Saudi Arabia. So that's a market to keep an eye on uh, for future, future films. Uh, in third place, we have a, a Catnip for Old People, Ticket to Paradise, dropping a stunning 13.13% in its third weekend to $8.5 million as they gained 374 theaters for 4,663 theaters total for the widest release of the weekend, sitting at 2,102 per theater average and a 46.7 domestic total, $140 million worldwide. Anecdotally, when I went to see One Piece this past Saturday, uh, there was definitely a crowd of old people all lining up to get tickets for Ticket to Paradise, so I think this one definitely has the legs it needs to, to get out there it'll probably hit that 60 to 70 million domestic total especially as counting program to black panther in the coming weeks uh, fourth place goes to Horror Holdover Smile, dropping 27% in 3,046 theaters for 3.9 million total this weekend, a 13.09 per theater average, and notably a 99 million domestic total, 202 million worldwide. With daily totals about 400,000 or so, it should hit 100 million uh, sometime in the middle of this week, just before Black Panther debuts, to be the next grossing $100 million film, uh, which again cannot be understated how insane it's doing off of its tiny budget. Rounding out the top five, Pray for the Devil dropped 46% in 2,980 theaters for 13.06 per theater average and a 3.8 million total in week two for 13.6 million domestically. Again, the budget on this one was less than 2 million, so even if it's not making a ton of money, honestly, not a bad drop for a horror film. So, yeah, uh, surprising it, it's, it's, it's stuck around as long as it has. Uh, outside the top five, some interesting performances. Lylal Crocodile actually saw an increase of 23% over last week, which is a bit of an anomaly. Um, it's not enough to get it to profitability, I think. And still highlighting the, it's just mostly the highlighting the, the lack of family friendly movies at the moment. Uh, Bansers of Innocerin gained 837 theaters up to 895 total to make $2 million for a per theater average of 2298 and a running total of 3 million in its third weekend, which is probably the best performance of an art house Oscar contender this year outside of everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Till saw a slight gain, 86 theaters, though its per theater average has dropped to 855 in week four. Tar gained only three theaters to a 669 per theater average week five. Triangle of Sadness lost 123 theaters for a 783 per theater average, and this isn't to leave gained 37 theaters to a 1492 per theater average. Woman King in week 8 is starting to lose theaters, 371 less this weekend, and an 843 per theater average, so likely be one of the first casualties to Black Panther next weekend. Uh, we also saw Terrifier 2 start to lose theaters, down to only 1254.45, but it had a, it has hit the 9.7 million domestic mark and over 100 million worldwide, which itself is another horror film success. And then Armageddon Time gained 1,000 theaters in its second weekend, but made less than a million dollars total, so a 788 per theater average, so probably won't do too hot next weekend after. Uh, after next weekend either. Also of note, RRR came back for one weekend at the IMAX screen in AMC Lincoln Center in New York for a 10,920 per theater average. As far as new limited releases, 2000's indie rock documentary Meet Me in the Bathroom had a 21,518 per theater average in four theaters for the best documentary release of the year so far. And Utama, the Bolivian entry for international film, the pretty well at Sundance, had the best per theater average of the week at $21,660 theater, uh, in one theater, um, though still not yet the best for a uh, for an international film. Also, poor one out for Top Gun Maverick, it's officially ended its domestic flight with $716 million total. Total. Uh, total box office uh, declined further to $58 million this weekend. Next week should obviously be better with Black Panther, a forecast to make $175 to $200 million. Uh, opening in limited next weekend will be Steven Spielberg's The Fablements, which would be a major awards player. 
Now, I don't have a lot of international news aside from China not getting Black Adam, most likely. They do have a new film in the top five, Serendipity Love, which made about 2.3 million in its opening weekend. Though it's only good for number two behind Homecoming, which has been out for over a month. Uh, China's box office is down about 35% from last year, about over 50% from 2019, where it's at 3.88 billion now versus 8.11 billion at the same time two years ago, uh, or three years ago rather. Um, the biggest issue is clearly the lack of new films with the national holiday in October over a month away at this point. We don't know when it's going to get any better. I think this kind of points to, at this point, most studios are definitely reconsidering their China strategy if they weren't already. Uh, some observers has even begun to speculate that China will maybe renationalize the industry to make propaganda films a la Battle of Lake Changjin moving forward and not really allowing any Hollywood releases. So yeah, definitely not, 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 a, not a great time for China over there. Uh, otherwise, just some headlines to wrap up the show. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery saw a 2.8 million user boost to direct-to-consumer HBO Max subscriptions for Q, uh, Q3, mostly driven by House of Dragons, though that's sort of the 3.3 million boost investors were hoping for. Um, you know, we did see uh, increasing uh, revenue and from ad sale, from ad revenue and subscription fees, but also increased costs of putting them in the direct to consumer specifically in the red by six hundred and thirty four million dollars. That remains high, fifty point four billion dollars, cut down only about two point five billion for the for the uh, for the for the quarter. Total revenue down to nine point eight billion against a ten point four billion expected, and profits were minus two point four billion for the quarter. Uh, you can definitely ex we're expecting to see about five to ten percent of their jobs from their film unit being cut. Uh, over on Paramount's side, they've suffered a couple of dates. Uh, Scream is moving away from March 31st, moving to March 10th, now competing against 65, the Adam Driver science fiction film from Sony, and William Dafoe's drama Inside from Focus Features. Uh, taking that March 31st spot from Paramount will be Dungeons & Dragons movie, uh, Honor Among Thieves, starring Chris Pine, moving from March 3rd to March 31st. This is now competing against Sony, Sony's boxing film Heart of a Lion, United Artists A Good Person, starring Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman, and Focus Features' uh, crime film A Thousand and One. Uh, this is probably an effort to avoid horror films in April, so moving uh, um, Scream up earlier a month, and then moving, uh, trying to avoid the more action-y films like John Wick and Suzanne, for example, um, that are taking place in March, moving them, moving uh, uh, Dungeons & Dragons a little bit later, though it will be competing against uh, Mario the week after. Uh, finally, U.S. prosecutors have officially brought fraud charges against the former head of MoviePass for misleading investors about the viability of the unlimited movie tickets model they proposed. So, yeah, the, the worst of MoviePass continue on even after death. Next week, we should have more to analyze with Black Panther 2 debuting. Like I mentioned, I did watch One Piece Red, just a quick what I've been watching review. Not that much to say if you're not a One Piece fan. I mean, if you are, be warned, there are slight spoilers for recent arcs of the manga that haven't been adapted into anime yet. Somehow, though, I, I really appreciate it. It's kind of funny. I've been thinking, looking at the films I've been watching uh, in theaters for that are anime films, um, and it turns out that they're all basically music-based films, um, which I think makes sense. Again, I think the, the medium of, of music, uh, of, of anime over manga, um, is that you can make use of music and you know musical performances are so much better on the big screen with the great sound system so definitely makes sense um you know i, th I think that musical element definitely made this one uh worth seeing in theaters overall if you're a fan of one piece four out of five try to catch this in theaters otherwise three out of five for someone who's not um, I'm also currently making my way through all the Muppet movies as I plan on discontinuing my Disney Plus subscription in early December when my uh, year-long subscription runs out. Um, maybe I'll try to watch some other stuff. If you have any recommendations, let me know. Um, once I get to all those, I'll maybe do a ranking of those at some point. 
Uh, with that, I think that's a wrap for this episode. You can tweet me ideas for worlds I should cover via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at zemo.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. Our shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review or at the very least, tell a friend. Any of that helps. If you're feeling extra generous, consider supporting us on Patreon. It makes me not only this show, but all the other podcasts I work on. Links in our show notes. Numbers used in the show come from dnumbers.com, intro and outro music from Kevin MacLeod. His stuff is a company of the filmers.io. Editing production by Ninsbury Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on. Thank you.